This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. This is Frida Liu, and listening to Her Vantage, and this is where we speak to women of influence and leadership. Bursa Carbon Exchange, BCX, Malaysia's Voluntary Carbon Market Exchange, is part of the nation's commitment towards achieving a net zero greenhouse gas emissions as early as 2050. BCX is a spot exchange that facilitates the trading of high quality carbon credits via standardized carbon contracts. Corporates may purchase these credits to offset their carbon footprint while the sale of carbon credits in return will help to finance and drive the development of domestic GHG emission reduction and removal solutions and projects. I'm here with Dr. Chen Weini, Head of Carbon Exchange at Bursa Malaysia Berhad to find out more. Uh, good morning, uh, Dr. Chen. Morning, morning, Preda. Thank you so much for inviting me to speak at the Herbentage. Right. I, I want to know in a nutshell, right, can you explain what the BSEX aims to do and why was this uh, mooted globally and here in Malaysia? Right. Uh, I think for a start, maybe for the benefit of the listeners who may not be so well versed about the carbon markets. So maybe let me give a very quick background on the carbon markets first. Yeah. Uh, firstly, there are two types of the carbon markets. One is the voluntary, the other is the compliance carbon markets. Now, in a voluntary carbon market, companies take part in this on voluntary basis. They are not under any um, regulations or compulsions by the government to do so. And the voluntary carbon market is a reward-based system whereby if you implement a carbon project which actually reduces the GHG emissions from the atmosphere, this um, emissions reduction, you can actually monetize by selling it to corporates who purchase them for the purpose of reducing or offsetting their GHG emissions footprint. And companies normally do so because of the ESG demands from their supply chain. Sometimes it could be because their customers require a carbon neutral products or um, requirements imposed by their banks and investors. Now, on the compliance carbon markets, that would normally take form in either a carbon tax or an emissions trading scheme. Now, in an emissions trading scheme, sometimes it's also known as a cap and trade, yeah? So in this compliance um, carbon market, it is a penalty-based system whereby if companies admit more than they are permitted to do so, then they will be penalized by having to pay a certain amount based on the amount of emissions they admit. So the question is, why is this, um, you know, the BCM, why is it voted up globally? So if you look at a recent um, article by the World Economic Forum, it was just released on, in August of um, this year. It mentioned that the voluntary carbon market is currently one of the effective mechanisms to reduce GHG emissions reduction. And it does so very efficiently by mobilizing millions of dollars from the private sector every year. The right. fact that it is from a private sector is very important. It reduces pressure that the government needs to fund it. And very importantly, voluntary carbon market can help 
host countries to achieve our nationally determined contributions, or sometimes it is known as the NDC. NDC is an emissions reduction target that a country pledged at the Paris Agreement. So even if the sales of the carbon credits generated locally are to corporate buyers outside of Malaysia, the right. achievements are still accorded to the country. So, so this is very important to us. So therefore, within the Malaysian context, as you have correctly pointed out, you know, the Malaysia, we have actually mandates this particular implementation of a VCM initiative back in October 2021 at the tabling mm-hmm. of our national budget 2022. And the purpose of the BCX, of course, is to facilitate trading of high-quality carbon credits to help our corporates to achieve their ESG obligations. And very important rationale is because during the tabling of the budget 2022, the government has given a heads up to the corporates that in due course, they will introduce a compliance mechanism whether the compliance tax in the form of a carbon tax or an emissions trading scheme, the government is still exploring this. Right. Now, I'm Frida, I, my background is that I have been involved with the Ministry of Energy in, you know, in Putrajaya for nearly 15 years. During that time, we were moving up in terms of incentivized through the carrot approach, you know, it, it driving renewables, you know, giving them incentives for the corporates to actually invest in such projects. Now, putting a price on the carbon has never been easy. So, therefore, the government is doing it in a very phased approach, first through a voluntary scheme and then slowly phasing it to the compliance. And this gives the corporates an opportunity to actually you know, prepare their organizations, their companies to, you know, to be ready in a world of compliance whereby carbon will finally have a price. And of course, during that course, one very important, um, you know, vision of the government is that we do want to have an ecosystem that we can expand a into a lower carbon economy. Yeah? The government has actually announced already the National Energy Transition Roadmap, and it is very clear in that particular roadmap that carbon pricing instrument is going to be one of the enablers. Right. Uh, so the, we we try we start with the carrot, la, then later on it'll be the stick. La. Okay. Um, <laughs> exactly. It's very interesting as well. I, when you were saying there's voluntary and then there's compliant, I guess where is compliant at the moment will be more mature markets. Uh, I, I would take it, right? Um, there are also quite a number of carbon exchanges mushrooming in the region, Singapore, Indonesia, Thailand, Hong Kong, Japan. So uh, I don't know if you mentioned this, or any additional points of the unique selling points of, of BCX? Yeah, I think that's a very good point. You're right. You know, you know, exchanges are mushrooming, you know, in, in every corner of this world. But I think for Malaysia, we must understand why we have a carbon exchange. The reason why the government did it, because they need to spawn off an awareness and thereby an ecosystem will grow in it. Our economy has always been very strongly packed and dependent on the sales of the, you know, the, the oil and gas, petroleum mm. in particular. If you look at it in the future, in 2050, petroleum, will, the demand will actually decrease. 
we need to start now already to have right. an ecosystem that will replace that kind of foregone revenue. But mm. as far as the exchange is concerned, I think we are very proud to actually inform that, you know, the BCX was launched at the end of last year. And the newly minted minister, uh, YB Tuanik Nasmi, he actually announced that actually Busa's BCX is the world's first Sharia compliant exchange. And, and this includes securing Sharia pronouncement for the carbon credits that are actually listed for offer in our exchange. And you're right about the many startups in terms of the trading platform in the region. And actually for Bursa Carbon Exchange or the BCX, we are really very lucky because we are actually backed by a national multi-asset exchange. Yeah, Bursa Malaysia is one of the largest boards in ASEAN. And Bursa has been operating as an exchange since 1973 and we receive a lot of resources and support in order to be able to operate a fair and orderly carbon exchange. You know, running an exchange is not easy. Yeah. And we are so blessed that, you know, in, in Bursa, we have got all the expertise in it with all the experience that can help us to facilitate in that. And this is actually a first hand that was informed by a startup um, exchange that is actually in the region. That's what they told us. This is really right. where... You know where right. our strengths are. But more importantly, because Busa is a stock exchange, we have nearly 1,000 public listed companies under us. Mm-hmm. And these particular PLCs, you know, we actually provide through the BCX an opportunity for them to high grade their ESG ambition through the BCX from the positions, whether they can take being a supplier or they could be a buyer of the carbon credits. You know, participants can play multiple roles. It's not just coming into the BCX all the time that I must buy. There is an opportunity for you to actually, you know, diversify your business portfolio to move into the, the, the BCM ecosystem. So therefore, in, in, in facilitating this particular development of the ecosystem, importantly, is that BCX, we are actually a national exchange. We are in a very strategic position to bridge dialogue conversations between the public and private sectors. And, and this particular positioning was actually highlighted in a recent um, carbon market guidance that was actually launched at the World Investment Forum in Abu Dhabi just two weeks ago, in which actually um, we are very fortunate to be a member of their advisory group to develop that particular carbon market guidance. And our CEO was actually a co-chair of that particular advisory group. Now, in that carbon market guidance, which you can download from the website, you know, stock exchanges like us, um, multi-asset exchanges like us, we are in a very strategic position. We listen to the pain points of the participants, the investors and the industry players. And we see how we can facilitate with the government to actually put up some conducive policies that we can actually enable our ecosystem to grow. All right. Uh, I think just to to give more clarity as well. So Bursa Malaysia intends to offer standardized carbon credit products for trading uh, via a rules-based carbon exchange. And there'll be a distinct uh, product categories for carbon credits derived from nature-based solutions and technologies that avoid, reduce or remove uh, GHG emissions. So and BCX will aggregate carbon credits that share similar traits and fundamentals with vintages 2016 onwards. What does this mean? 
Good question. So, so maybe I should go back one step further and explain okay. all this jargon about what does it mean by when a project's avoid, reduce, or remove emissions. Okay, ABC. I think I'll, I'll, yeah, the ABC part of it. I think I'll do so by giving some examples. Examples of avoidance project would be, for example, you switch from a coal-fired power plants to renewable energy. Now, when you do so, the renewable energy totally avoids any emissions from even entering into an atmosphere. So that's what avoidance project does. Now, when you go for a reduction project, an example, a good example would be you switch from a coal-fired power plant to a gas-fired power plant. Now, gas-fired power plant still emits GHG emissions, but they emit about half the volume less than the coal-fired power plants for the same capacity. So that's what reduction means. Yeah, Removal should be the emissions that are already in the atmosphere. The project actually will remove the emissions from the atmosphere. And trees do that very, very well. In the right. process of photosynthesis, they absorb CO2 and then they store it on the trees. Other technologies also like the, you know, the, the new technologies like the direct air capture, bioenergy with the air, cap, you know, the, the carbon capture, they do the same as well. So, so these are the different types of projects that qualify to produce carbon credits if there are matching methodologies for it. Now, in the Busa Carbon Exchange, we went a step further. If you look at the trading platform, around this particular region, most of the platform are based on a marketplace concept. Right. Marketplace concept would be like the Lazada concept, whereby you go to every single project, you look at it, and you say whether do I want to buy the carbon credits from project A or do I want to buy it from project B. Now, right. in an exchange like us, we make purchasing of carbon credits much easier for corporates because you would require to be quite savvy to be able to, you know, when you go to a marketplace to decide whether you want to buy carbon credits from project A, project B, and you have a whole suite of projects. So what happened is that when we standardize um, our um, carbon credits, we basically do the groupings that you have alluded to earlier, and we mm -hmm. make it easier for the corporates. And we do our own screening and we apply requirements to ensure that the carbon credits are indeed of high quality. Yeah, So that, of course, corporates, when they buy into it, and, and Busa does it on best effort basis, you know, they will not be actually accused of buying poor quality carbon credits that amounts later on to greenwashing. So some of the criteria I just want to share with you would be, for example, the choice of the standards which the projects adhere to. Today, we actually adopt VERA. Now, VERA is an internationally non-standard provider. They mm -hmm. issue about 70% of the carbon credits that are actually found traded in the global um, voluntary carbon market space. Mm -hmm. Now, in terms of the vintage of the carbon credits, now vintage refers to the year which the carbon credit is generated. So we do apply a vintage flow to it, meaning to say that we do not offer any carbon credits that are older than 2016 in the year of the issuance. And this is really following the international best of practice 
with regards to um, high quality carbon credits. Also, additionally, we do screening of the carbon credits before they are on board the PCX. And this is just to ensure that the credits comply with the standardized product specification. And we also check that the credits do not originate from problematic projects, for example, if they are located in sanctioned countries. So, so essentially, right. these are the reasons why we are doing so. Right. Okay. Uh, I'm here with Dr. Chen Weini, Head of Carbon Market, uh, Bursa Malaysia. Berhaj is explaining the ABCs of the Bursa Carbon Exchange. Uh, stay tuned for more. You're listening to Her Vantage BFM 89.9. Because friends matter. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Morning. This is Frida Liu. If you just join us, what's happening at the Bursa Carbon Exchange? Do you know what's what it's all about? I'm here with uh, Dr. Chen Weini, Head of Carbon Market, uh, Bursa Malaysia Bahaj, who was explaining a little earlier on about uh, what why this was started, how's it progressing so far. You know, um, BCX uh, will also label products to differentiate between carbon credit source in Malaysia and globally. Now, why is this important, and what does it mean for investors and the companies? Yeah, th- thanks for this question, Afrida. And um, I think more importantly, the reason why we provide this kind of product differentiation is because Malaysia, we are going to mut up our own ecosystem that will grow our own pipeline of Malaysian carbon credits. Yeah, we, we do. We are quite endowed with this kind of potentials to be able to generate our own carbon credits both from nature-based as well as the tech-based carbon credits. And this kind of differentiation is needed to promote the Malaysian carbon credits. If you notice um, the other carbon exchanges that are offering standardized um, carbon contracts or uh, products, they do not differentiate by the region. For, For Malaysia, we will say that these are from Malaysian credits. These are from global credits. And we felt that this differentiation is very important for different types of um, market demand. For example, there is a Corsia demand. Corsia would be for the international airline. By Mm -hmm. 2027, they would have to have a mandatory um, requirements to meet a certain amount of emissions reduction. Now, Busa, we are very lucky indeed because we are also a member of the National um, um, Corsia Task Force. And they have informed that their priority would always be given to Malaysian credit. So such visibility will be important for them when they decide, you know, which carbon credits to source for. So, so lastly, to, to answer your question, it is to really move up and promote Malaysian credits. I just want to share with you that our next um, project that we are going to actually have on board in the VCM, the first Malaysian projects would be from a forest project based in Kwamut in Sabah. Now, this particular project is still undergoing verification by Vera. And as soon as the carbon credits are issued, we will be able to trade our very first Malaysian carbon credits. 
Now, very importantly about this particular project is that even before the credits are issued, the rating companies have gone in to rate the project. And this particular project has been given, they have been accorded the highest possible ranking for a forestry project that comes with very high, it's a triple goal, the highest you know standards that you can achieve in terms of the core benefits, core benefits to the climate, the community and the biodiversity. The key point that I'm trying to say here is that Malaysia as a country, we do not just have a potential to actually generate carbon credits. We have potential to generate high quality carbon credits. So it is important to market this very, very strategically so that in time to come, we create a national branding that this is what our country is known for. Right. Okay. You mentioned Vera and that's the verified carbon uh, standard, right? Being used by BCX, right? Are, are they, uh, why Vera, right? Are there any plans to adopt other standards beyond Vera or because, or is Vera the top choice for most uh, exchanges? Yeah, I think um, Vera is actually um, selected primarily because of their reputation and also they command by far the largest of the uh, market share in terms of the carbon credits that are issued in the um, voluntary carbon market space, about 70%. But next year, we have plans to include the gold standard in our BCX. And and the gold standard currently, their market share in terms of the issuance of the carbon credit is about 17%. Yes, so we do have that... um, plan in mind to include the gold standard. And for your information, in VERA's registry currently, we have 14 Malaysian projects registered under VERA. In the gold standard, we currently have one Malaysian project unlisted in it. Okay, I want to uh, couple this question. The progress so far, you know, I guess also doing something like this, the challenges face and how do you plan to address them? For instance, like, you know, what's the current level of understanding of this in Malaysia? I know it's fairly new. And I guess what the plans for further awareness and education? Great. So I think um, maybe first for the progress on the BCX, since the BCX was launched at the end of last year. So for this year, basically, it is a year of operationalizing the platform. And in terms of operationalizing the platform, we have actually carried out an auction on 16th of March. Now, an auction is typically carried out for the purpose of providing price discovery for new standardized products that we want to offer on the DCX trading platform. So on the 16th of March, we actually carry out auction on two types of um, projects. Uh, One would be um, carbon credits for a tech base for biogas and another was actually based on a forestry project. Now, these two projects were very carefully curated to signal to the Malaysian industry that you can actually go into these sectors because these particular projects are highly relevant and replicable in Malaysia. Now, in this particular auction on the 16th of March, what are the key takeaways from it? So we have um, 14 successful bidders. We cleared 150,000 units of carbon credits. Mm-hmm. And we noticed that for the um, for the biogas, which would be considered as a tech-based um, projects, it was actually oversubscribed. Now, it was oversubscribed and the prices was also four times cheaper than the forestry. 
So it goes on to show that, you know, um, for, for these companies who took part in their own Malaysians, the buyers, the bidders, you know, Malaysian buyers, they are still very largely sensitive when it comes to prices of carbon credits. And it's also noted that in this particular auction, the, the big boys took part in it, more of it were from the banks. And it really aligned with international narrative that these financial institutions are really the ones who are spearheading all these climate initiatives. And in terms of the carbon intensive sector, the oil and gas were a lot more prominent, whereas the power sector were totally missing altogether. So I think this was some of the lessons learned from the auction. Now, our trading platform actually went live um, just a month ago on the 25th of September. And the platform offers two types of trading. One is the um, continuous or the spot trading. And we also facilitate the off-market transactions. So off-market transactions are bilateral deals between known buyers and sellers. They have a deal, they bring the deal to the exchange to have an exchange cleared because then the exchange will handle counterparty risks of both sides. Now, it's noted that on the first two days of the go live, um, we, we only have very modest um, trading. It's about 16,500 units of the carbon credits were actually traded by 10 companies. Again, 10 companies, local companies. But we noticed that unlike in the auction, whereby the big boys were actually in the game, in the go-live um, trading, most of them were actually the SMEs, which was very surprising to us. Right. And it really was quite a positive signal that actually in Malaysia, despite the fact that we think that SMEs might be kind of like a potential laggard compared to the big boys, but we found that the SMEs, maybe also through the works of the joint works of you know, Bank Nagara, SC, you know, and the Capital Markets and the JC3, you know, through their works, I think ESG urgency are starting to actually reach the ears of the SMEs. And most of these SMEs, when we interviewed them, we asked them, why do you want to take mm. part in it? Most of them, they were just, you know, realize that they are actually part of a bigger supplier chain and they need to actually get themselves ready. So they need to actually explore what are carbon credits, and there are already certain demands by the supply chain to meet their ESG obligations, for example, coming up with the carbon neutral products because they are part of the value chain. So I thought that this is very encouraging, and I really hope that your listeners, if they are involved in this, you know, please be on board the BCX, at least for a period of learning and you know, just getting yeah. your business to be future-proof. Right. Okay. Now, also, uh, Bursa Malaysia recently announced that the BCX plans to offer a renewable energy certificates, RECS, by Q3 of next year. So what are our, our RECS? How do they differ from uh, carbon credits? And why are you offering this? Okay, I think, Frida, uh, before I answer this question, I forgot to answer your ecosystem, yeah, about the mm. challenges that you have highlighted. So yeah. if you don't mind, I'm just sure. going to backpedal a little bit and then I'm going to come to the REC. Sure. So I think correctly, as you have pointed out, that we do, of course, have challenges on the development of the ecosystem. It is not unexpected. Taking the mm. cue that, you know, in my previous work, I've been involved in trying to move up an early renewable energy industry. The same issue arises, the awareness, the how-to, you know, how is it going to be incentivized? So I think for Bursa Malaysia, you know, 
we have been trying to create that kind of awareness on a monthly basis. We do have webinars as well as sectoral roundtables targeted at different kind of sectors to bring about this kind of a ecosystem. For example, this year we carry out two biogas roundtables and biogas is really targeted because it is one of the lowest hanging fruits in the ecosystem to facilitate also this year, we tied up with the Malaysian Green Tech and Climate Change um, Corporation, a government agency under the Natural Resources, Environment and Climate Change. We actually developed a, a VCM handbook that basically actually educate the um, Malaysian you know, investors and the potential project developers, how they can go about in developing these particular, you know, VCM uh, carbon projects. This particular handbook was launched on the 5th of October at our inaugural carbon market forum. And in conjunction with that, our partner MGTC also set up a VCM directory to actually highlight the who's who, you know, who are the carbon consultants, who are the auditors in this particular ecosystem. And, and correctly, as you pointed out, you know, the industries, when we engage with them, you know, there, there are issues to overcome and one of them would be the cost barriers, yeah. And for, for that, we, we actually discussed with the MOF earlier on this year if they could actually consider provide some tax incentives and on that note, um, we are very pleased to inform that during the tabling of the national budget on the 13th of October, um, BUSA's proposal to provide the further tax deductions from any of the um, consultancy expenses related to carbon projects, they have been accepted. And, you know, they, this will hopefully help to spawn off more projects. And in terms of talent building, um, you know, we, we do need to actually build up this um, shortage of the talent pools that we have. And, and on this note that Busa Malaysia, we do have a group sustainability team that works very closely with the academia. And we have actually requests of our group sustainability team to actually move up a, in a talent pool together with the academia. So I, I think on that regards, we are still working on the ecosystem. It is, it's going to be work in progress for, for the many years to come. And, and correctly, as you've pointed out, as a result of this lack of the ecosystem, liquidity in the um, BCX has been very low. So, so therefore, on this note, one of the measures to counter this liquidity issue, and also we noticed that there has been an increasing demand by the corporates for BUSA to offer RECs instead. So we mm. felt that this particular request basically aligns with our aspirations to be a one-stop Sharia compliant multi-environmental product. So meaning to say that we do not just offer carbon credits, but right. we also offer RECs on our platform. So right. I, I think to answer your question, what are RECs? Yeah? So to put it in a very layman's term, uh, a REC basically means renewable energy certificate and it indicates that one unit of electricity is actually generated from a renewable energy project. Now, right. renewable energy project could be like, for example, from solar, from um, biogas, biomass, or hydro, geothermal, okay. or wind. But it must be from renewable energy. And what is it used for? 
unlike carbon credit, it can be used for offsetting scope one, scope two, and scope three of a corporate's emission. The REC is used only to meet the scope two. Now, scope two would be the purchase electricity. For example, in Peninsula Malaysia, we purchase electricity from a TMB. We know much of the electricity is really coming from the coal and gas side. If you purchase the REC, essentially you can actually say that your electricity that you consume is green and it's from renewable. Uh So it is one way that the Malaysians are corporates can declare that they are green. And and REX is of course not new. Um, Back in 2018 when I was with SEDA, uh, actually um, SEDA actually booted up this initiative and I recall that, you know, we wanted to actually make an an awareness. So we actually created a Rex workshop. And I remember approaching Busa Malaysia and said, Busa, can you partner with SEDA to move up this particular workshop? And that was in October 2018. And together with the support of Busa Malaysia, we have that workshop. And today, five years later, Rex is selling like a hot cat market in in Malaysia. So I I think ecosystem, the key message here is that Frida, it takes time for corporates to understand what is it, why they need to take part in it. So right. in time to come, carbon credits will be the same. The demand will eventually grow. But right. while the demand is currently there for the regs, so in Busa, Malaysia, we are a one-stop for more than just one product beyond right. the carbon credits. We are planning to offer regs and we do so by um, next year. Right. And it was five years in the making, if you think about it. I know we've got only a couple of minutes before the recording ends. Um, I guess, how can corporations participate in the BCX or where can they get more information? Yes, yeah, so, so they can actually uh, participate two ways. They can write to us. Um, email address is bcx at busamalaysia.com. Or alternatively, you can just go to our website to download the application form. The website is bcx.busamalaysia.com slash web slash resources. And and I think um, one closing note on this is that up to end of this year, we are waiving the onboarding fee of 6,000 ringgit per company. So I think it is a very good time for you to actually, you know, fill in the application form and submit to us before the year and expiry date. Okay, thank you so much uh, for your sharing and your teaching. Uh, I've been speaking to Dr. Chen Weini, Head of Carbon Market, Bursa Malaysia Berhad, and you've been listening to Her Vantage. I'm Frida Liu, BFM 89.9. listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.